witches. Welcome to Quarter Life Careless. I'm Pascal. And I'm Rayla. And we're your hosts for our dream podcast. Today, we're going to tell you about our origin story, which dates back to 2006. When we were in the sixth grade, which means we've been friends for 16 years. So kicking it back to Pascal, tell us about that fateful day in Mr. Grasser's science class when we met for the first time. So I want to kind of set the scene for you guys. This is a sixth grade science class. Everyone is young and a little bit awkward, a little bit unsure, like how to start the sixth grade. And I didn't know anyone in the class. I was a little nervous. And also, this is important. I'm a little bit of an introvert. And I also have a bit of social anxiety. So what that means is I'm just sitting there with my, you know, early 2000s style that my mom styled me with. And I'm just hoping, dear God, let me get through this year with at least one friend. I would like to have at least one friend in this class. <laughs> you know, lovely Ravathy was sitting. I don't remember where you're sitting. Were you at the same table? We were. No, because I remember I was looking at your back because I was admiring your hair. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So I was staring at Pascal's, uh, you know, back of her head. And I was like, wow. Basically. The back of Pascal's head, she had this beautiful, like, mid-back length curly hair. And you know it's long because curly hair shortens. And she had this beautiful little headband on. So she actually gave me the idea. And all of a sudden, I was buying all these headbands from Limited 2, trying to trying to function my curly hair. Because I also have curly hair. We both had a little journey together that we can talk about in another episode, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, but basically I was a little shy too, but I kind of come on a little strong. So I was kind of like, uh, hi, be my friend. And she was like, oh, but why? That's <laughs> <laughs> like the introvert in me, the like social anxiety being like, um, what do you mean by that? <laughs> exactly. Also, and that's back to the headbands, fine. do you guys, like, do you remember those early 2000s headbands or like thick headbands, ribbons? It's like a ribbon that basically like goes around the back of your head and then you would tie it in a bow underneath your hair. Like those were the headbands that I was wearing back then. Now, like looking back, I'm I like, remember. I, don't, I don't remember why that was in style. I tried one on the other day because I still have some from when I was a kid. And I was like, this just looks like so bulky on my head. <laughs> How did I wear that as a sixth grader? You know what? It's so funny. I have this core memory. From when I did track and field because my parents forced me in the seventh grade and I was wearing the same headband, the head, the horrid headband, but with like the little tie behind the back of your neck. And I was a really crap runner. And this girl, she was like an eighth grader. And she said that the reason that I don't run fast enough is because I had that stupid headband on my head that was restricting my brain flow but she said that to you yeah i'm not gonna say it right now but like i'll tell you later pascal you remember her you definitely remember her she okay. was such a bitch okay i already have it's a few fine. ideas of who it could be <laughs> in mr Gresser's science class we had a project that he put us together that was about how much we would weigh on the moon and <laughs> we worked so well together that he never wanted to separate us and we were both like still kind of shy at the time because like we we're both trying to figure out how to make new friends. 
And I forget exactly what he said at the end of the year, but he was like, oh, you guys are fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, he really liked us. I think he like kind of felt bad for us because we were like the ones that like didn't have a friend and then we became friends and he was like, oh, thank God they have each other. <laughs> Honestly, I think that was the vibe. I yeah. think that was the vibe. But... Honestly, like, I think that over time, we, yes, we end up merging friend groups. Pascal was part of one. So, yeah, I was in a different elementary school than Reba. The city that we grew up in, it's large enough that it had 13 different elementary schools, four middle schools, and two high schools. So it was really common that as you go to the next school, it would merge. They would go from like 13, merge down to four, merge down to two. So the elementary school that I went to, I had this really good group of friends. They all lived like down the block from me. And then... Reva had her group of friends, which she can talk about. So I was in sixth grade homeroom with one of our best friends, Elaine. You'll meet her at some point soon. I had a friend group that I kind of mishmashed from a friend that I'd known from childhood that was also in our town. We're in a suburb of Boston, or we were in a suburb of Boston. Now I live in New York City and Pascal is in Boston as well. So we're doing this a little long distance, but basically... We ended up just like kind of merging these friend groups. I made one out of like uh, people that I'd met in middle school. I was really shy at the time. I was trying to put myself out there. And somehow, I don't even remember, do you? I feel like maybe doing musicals together merged our friend groups a little bit. Also, UU. So what I'm, I grew up as a UU Unitarian Universalist. It's kind of like, the church that hippies go to who like didn't want to end up in a cult so they they become a UU instead yeah and I think like we ended up becoming close just because we were like oh we have mutual friends in these different places so you know once you invite someone to something then you're going to invite everybody else and then like the more you're all invited to the same thing the more you're just going to become friends by high school like we had our very clear you know merged group of friends that we still have today which is amazing. Absolutely. I think it's completely amazing. I think at the time I was like this little like goth child, you know, I had swoopy hair and like the knee high, you know, converse boots and my skinny jeans and my flannels. And I thought I was hot shit. We went to high school together. I went to three different high schools, but when we were in the same high school together, we were in Brace team together. We did acapella That's together right. in the eighth grade. We did cabaret together. And, you know, I think it definitely helped. Like, I think, Pascal, like, you definitely, like, opened up your boundaries a lot. Yeah, so I can talk a bit about that. I've, like, always been a bit more reserved when it comes to, like, opening up to people, you know, emotionally in a lot of ways. And I think that comes from social anxiety where it's this fear of, oh, if I, you know, do certain things, it might be taken in a way, in a negative way. And the fear of what might happen when I do something is what would hold me back from certain social situations. I've like worked on it a lot. I am at a point in my life right now where that's not really holding me back the way it used to. But that was kind of something that I had to get over a lot of my friendships. And with Reva, I think like, I mean, she's just so caring about making sure that people are comfortable in social situations and that people are like, you know, whoever is her friend or whoever's around is included as well. So that really helped me to like feel more comfortable in our friendship and to continue growing that friendship as well. That is very unexpected, really kind thing. 
that you just said, Pascal. So thank you. A big part of why Pascal, I love you. I love you to fucking death. Well, a big part of why Pascal became (laughs) one of my best friends in the entire world is that you are an impeccable listener. You always strive to understand. You never judge. And you have a similar outlook in life as me in a lot of ways where we tend not to dwell so much, but we think, okay, here's where we are. What's next? Absolutely. Thank you, babe. Yeah, I think, you know, we are always thinking about how can we move forward? Like, what can we do next? Like, what's coming next in our lives? And we're so excited about it that, like, we share that sentiment. A lot of the things that we've done growing up was similar, similar interests, things like that. And a lot of friendships end up becoming stronger the more you just do things together. So throughout our, like, high school experience, Reva did go to different high schools. And what was really good that you did is you, like, stayed around. You still hung out with us after school, even though you were in a totally different part of, of like, I think you were like 20 minutes away or something, but you still like made it a point to spend time with us. Um, and I'm sure you can talk more about what that was like, but I really appreciated it. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, like I found my people. I was so sad that my parents like forced me kind of, I mean, love them to death. We've all grown a lot. Um, but they, they kind of pushed me to to transfer schools and, and it wasn't quite a choice. I mean, it wasn't really them pushing me. It was kind of like a, a mandate. But, you know, I just had so many good memories with my friends. I mean, Pascal, Pascal is a horse girl, okay? You can't beat having a best friend that's a horse girl. You can't do it, It literally okay? was only a horse girl for like three years. And you know what? It runs in the family. My literally like my family history is with horses. And that's why, like, my mom's maiden name is, like, the name for a person who does the horse's hooves. I don't know what the word is in English. Well, that's also, so for some context, Pascal is, her lineage is French and German. She was born in San Francisco, but her mom is French and her dad is German. So, like me, she's also first-generation American. And I think that was a big part of, like, why we were able to bond is because we had Similar context of the fact that our parents weren't quite assimilated. You know, it it takes a really, really long time to be assimilated in American culture. And so I think that we both were in a situation where we were kind of, for me, in between two cultures and Pascal in between three. We became really close. We had this big friend group. And when we got to college, it was kind of tough because we wanted to bond with one with one another. But having one one time is a little tough and rough if you want to speak on that. Yeah, I feel like when someone is a first generation American, they like always need to have that friend who is also first generation American just so that they can kind of have that like side eye to each other when something happens when we're like, is this an American thing? Kind of need to have that like moment where you look at each other and you're kind of just like, okay, yeah, so you're also kind of confused. (laughs) Like certain like foods that people would eat, certain like habits people had. Is this like an American thing? And that was really surprising to me because like I'm a person of color like Pascal is white and so I didn't expect to have that kind of friendship with someone who is white honestly like I'll be I'll be completely honest with you I think that was a big part of our budding friendship we have a friend group of like 10 people it's like very uncommon I think to have a friend group of this many people that we've all known since we were 11 
we have maintained that we're all still friends. We're all actually going to Portugal for a friend's wedding. So we'll be, uh, we'll be podcasting from there. But when we went to college, we kind of, it, it became tougher because you have finite amount of time when you're home, when you want to bond one-on-one with one another. Yeah. So in like high school, I'm sure people can relate to this. You have this friend group and there can definitely be some jealousy that arises, some miscommunication. Um, so we definitely had some like struggles with having a such a close friend group. When you get to the point where you kind of feel like sisters, it's like you can bring anything up with each other and you will fight about things too. One of the biggest things that there would be kind of, you know, stress about was, was everyone invited to this thing? Is everyone coming? Can we coordinate a huge friend group to do all of these activities together? Which worked more in high school because like you all live near each other. Come college, you come home from college, you're like, you have a limited amount of time already to spend time with like your family and your friends and just to like chill the fuck out after such a long semester. And that problem got a lot worse because now you're thinking, okay, I need to catch up with this person. I need to catch up with this person and you catch up with that person. But in a group, in a large group of people, it's so hard to like just have one-on-one conversations. So, okay, how can I coordinate like meeting up with this person and then also meeting up with this person? And then they all find out, you know, people find out that like, oh, this person hung out, but like they didn't invite me or we they went and did this thing together but i wasn't invited and then it's like you get into these you know issues of communications issues of just just feeling left out obviously no one wants to feel left out so that was kind of yeah that was a problem to navigate in, in college a lot i will speak to that as well so i went upstate new york i went to syracuse and pascal was at umass amherst in our um in our state and pascal had the opportunity to go to school with some of our friends from our friend group. And I think that there's definitely like a closeness that forms there. But for some of our friends that went to neither, it's tough when you have a month to be home. And all of a sudden you're feeling further away from the people that you love so much. But it became it became something that we learned that sometimes a 10-person friend group, you become closer to some. Friendships ebb and flow. You've heard that a bajillion times, I'm sure. If you haven't, here you go. Welcome. That doesn't mean that you stop loving people. Friendships can be different, but they that doesn't mean that they're more than or less than. And a lot of it is situational, too. Like, I happen to be really close to my friends who live near me, obviously. And I'm not really good at keeping in touch with people in other ways. I call Reva and, like, we catch up. And Reva comes to visit Boston often as well, which is nice. And I should absolutely visit you more in New York City. I'm working on that. But I feel like um, a lot of times people will feel left out and it's not something that is like done on purpose, but they might be concerned that it was. And so they might be thinking like, oh, why did this happen without me? Or why are they closer and I'm not close with them the way that they're close with each other now. Yeah, it's a reality that people don't, they just don't let people move on, but people just, they grow and change and it's okay. And, you know, it's not the, fin- it's not like an end to any sort of friendship. It's just a maturity to a friendship. We're all living our different lives. We're doing the best that we can. And sometimes it's really hard when you have friendships where it <laughs> You've known each other for so long that sometimes, like, it it pains me to think that we can't spend the same amount of time with each other that we did when we were young. Like, it sucks. 
But like, I live in a different city. I made my choices. We are all spread across the country, but we still make time for each other. And that's the most important thing. I can't stress that enough. There's a poem that Rupi Kaur has written, and I'd love to share it with you. So the poem goes, and I've, I've thought about this a lot. This is by Rupi Kaur, and it's called Friendship Nostalgia. I miss the days my friends knew every mundane detail about my life, and I knew every ordinary detail about theirs. Adulthood has starved me of that consistency, that us. The walks around the block, the long conversations when we were too lost in the moment to care what time it was, when we won and celebrated, when we failed and celebrated harder, when we were just kids. Now we have our very important jobs that fill up our very busy schedules. We compare calendars just to plan coffee dates that one of us eventually cancels. Because adulthood is being too exhausted to leave our apartments most days. I miss knowing I once belonged to a group of people bigger than myself. That belonging made life easier to live. Um, so much. This help. Every so often I pull it up and I read it to myself. What I love about the poem is kind of a reminder that friendship doesn't have to be like you go out and you meet each other somewhere. You, you need to have something planned or you need to have an activity. Like friendship is just, I'm at home and I don't feel like watching this movie alone. You know, I'm going to call up my friend and we're just going to like hang out on the couch. We don't even, we don't even need to talk. Like we can be like on the couch, reading a book, looking at our phones, just like doing random things, but just having that presence of your friend next to you is like so comforting. And I just, I love that that was such a thing back in high school and middle school. Like, you know, you are with each other most days and yet you could still find ways to enjoy each other's company just by like literally sitting around and doing nothing obviously like we don't live in the same city anymore but the last time I was over at your house your parents house I went to your ascend room and I just like leaned back and I was kind of like sprawling out and your brother came down and he was like huh you look really comfortable and I thought to myself I'm like yeah I, this, this feels like my family home this feels like mine. Like, I live here. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get into some some things that we want to bring to attention in this episode, we found some quotes and poems that really encapsulated the way that we feel toward one another. There was this quote that Pascal, you sent us as a friend group from Liz Plank. She says, sometimes I felt like my female friendships are so rich and profound and intimate that it makes being in relationships with men actually harder because the standard that women have set in my life of the way that they celebrate me and see me, it's hard to find a man that can match that. We've been thinking about this quote recently. Yes. And I'm really glad that Pascal shared this with me. I have an issue where every time I'm on a date getting to know someone, I immediately want to create this bond with them the way that I do with my with the women that are in my life with my close female friends and I feel like I like jump the gun so easily with let's move past the whole getting to know each other part to the part where I'm just 
I trust you and everything. Everything we do doesn't have to be what I just like love having you around. Like, let's move on to that part. But the reality is that it's just different with men. And I need to like figure out the best way to get to those points without skipping steps because I just want it to be like they're my best friend like I have with with a woman. I find that incredibly hard as well. I'm out here. We're both single. We're both dating. It's really hard to find the empathy that we've fostered. It's really hard. And I have so, so many expectations because I have so many lovely people in my life. Well, we say, you know, your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whoever is at the core. There is that word friend there, right? Yeah. And so if you have this infrastructure where your friends are so deeply meaningful to you and they are so close to you that you feel like siblings at times, you bicker like siblings at times. Yeah. How is it pot? Well, yeah. How is it possible to meet someone who can fill that role of friend, who can who can measure up to that role of friend that your friend does, that your friends do? Because likely they don't come from the same place. Definitely. Yeah. And like because we literally grew up together, for us, we have this set way that we interact and this set way that we've built up the love for each other. And I feel like to a point, I would kind of give up on even finding that in my dating life. Well, I already have that. Like, I don't need this person for my friendships because I already have that. This person, there are certain needs from them. Okay, for example, sometimes I'm more focused on my sex life when it comes to dating than actually being friends with that person because of the fact that I'm just thinking a friendship is what I have with these ladies in my life. And this is not that. So why even try to get to that point? I'll just focus on these other needs. I don't need that friendship from them. But then, you know, you end up in unhealthy relationships where you're like, well, the sex is good. So, you know, why not? But then you're not actually friends with them. And it's also so hard because we've had so much time to cultivate this relationship, these relationships with our close friends, with our friend group that I mean, like, sometimes I wonder if it's even unfair to expect that from a new person. Yeah. I I recently, I recently met the one that I really like, but it's like, where's the line? I don't know exactly how much this person's going to understand based off of what their background, what their history, what their trauma is. Because we all kind of have been there for years. We, we, we know our traumas. We know touchy subjects. We know what not to come close to we not we know what to dig further into and I think we've all experienced this it's kind of cool that some of our friends are getting married I'm like oh okay well I just I'm in that that's it that they found it it's so interesting like thinking about (laughs) the difference in like points of life that you get into when you're in your adult life because like half of our friends are ready to settle down with a partner and then the other half are like I'm still partying and going out and doing whatever. And I have three guys I'm dating and I don't care. <laughs> Every time that I'm I'm speaking to someone who has a completely different lifestyle than me, it's like it's so hard not to be pessimistic about their relationship. And I try. I try really hard to be positive about it. Be like, oh, like you're making a great decision for me. Like you're going to have a great life together. Meanwhile, I'm like, yo, fuck these men. Like, I don't need any of them because I have my ladies and I have these other friendships that are so important to me. 
And that's not even on my radar. Like finding someone right now is not a priority to me just because I already feel so like filled and so loved by so many people. It's like an interesting contrast, the life paths that your best friends are going on and how when you were in high school or in college, you were all kind of in the same place in your life. And then once you graduate college, you know, people progress at different rates throughout their their life. And some people just get married quicker and some people prioritize other things and whatever. And yeah, it's just so interesting to see how like friendships will change because of that. Basically, I have a friend. We have a friend. She's our only friend within this friend group that lives in New York with me, in Brooklyn specifically. And I was walking with her to her dress fitting for her um, her backup dress for her reception. And I was talking to her about my life. Dress. It's a gorgeous dress. Black and shimmery. I and love like, it. Like, take the backup dress as your main dress. That's what I think, too. I'm pretty sure the first Taylor butchered the first one anyway. So that's a no, that's a no-go anyway. But basically, we're walking down the street. And I looked at her. And I, I was like, you know, I'm just, I feel so lucky. I feel so lucky to like have you in my life. I was like, can you believe that we're here? Her and I had met when we were six, but I was like, can you believe it? I was like, you are someone I can completely be myself around without any fear. And that's why it's so hard to date people. It's like when you have this ability with some to completely be yourself, how can you fake it with others? Or how can you create from new with others? Like, why would it's I hard. put myself in an uncomfortable situation with these people that I don't know when I could instead be spending my time with someone who I have no fear to be with or, like, I have, you know, so much love for instead of, oh, you know, what is this person thinking right now? I can't tell if they're having a good time and you're in your head about it versus I'm spending time with people who I can just sit on the couch, do nothing with, or... I can go out and have a wonderful time at like a concert or at a restaurant or I can just do anything with they're going to be there and we're going to build these memories together. Lasting memories because I know it's going to last for years. It's hard for me to take dating kind of seriously in that context because I'm always thinking about how I would rather be doing this thing with a friend or like I would be much more happy if I was doing this thing with a friend. It's also a little bit different. Like I want to hear your take on male friendship and how they differ because I, I feel like so much of why I feel so close as as a woman, you know, as a cisgender woman, and I think that any woman would feel this way, cis or trans with other women. You know, I know that some women consider some, themselves more guys, girls or whatever. But like, I think in our situation, we're definitely more girls, girls. Yeah, here's the interesting. I have always had an easier time striking up conversations with men and an easier time when I don't know, like if I don't know anybody in the room, I've had an easier time approaching men and building friendships with them. But on the flip side of that, those friendships only tend, I have mul- I have many wonderful, beautiful friendships with men, but I've found that those are more, they, they tend to be more like activity-based And then the friendships that I actually get to a point that's so deep and so fulfilling with is more with women. So even though with me, I have a harder time just getting over my social anxiety when it comes to talking to women that I don't know, I will end up getting further in a female friendship than I will with a man. Just based on my experience. That being said, 
I have so many fulfilling friendships with men. And I have so many men who I will spend time with and talk about our lives and talk about, you know, things like feelings and emotions that they might not find in friendships that they have with other men and maybe with with women in their lives. They they have an easier time talking about those things. So they're always so open to talking about things like that with me. Um, and I really value that too. So yeah, it is, there's so, it's like when it, when it comes to male friendships, you get a lot of similarities. And then there's also some differences that come from just having different lived experiences and having different things to even talk about. That's so interesting that you say that. I think that you are one of my friends that are most capable of having like these platonic, empowering friendships with men in a way that like I have not been able to experience very much I think I have maybe one good male friend and our story started because we were seeing one another but you know I do I do have male friendships that either started or at some point there was something more physical but for me, I've always prioritized a friendship with anyone I meet. Like anytime I meet somebody, my first priority is a friendship with them. And then you can build a respect, even even if you're like having any sort of, you know, if you're like hooking up or whatever on the side, like as long as you still have that respect for each other as being friends, then there are ways to continue a friendship. And I'm sure you have experience with that too, with like your your close male friend who you who you started out with a little bit more intimate. No, absolutely. Like I have a really good friend and he's me some of the best advice. I went to go hang out with him and I was talking about this new, I don't know what I want to call it yet. I don't think there's any way to call it yet. There was like a tiff that happened and I was asking about that and he comes to the table with a completely different perspective. Whereas I think my my female friends, especially the ones that have known me for so long, still see me as that like side bangs girl that was covering up a unibrow, you know, with a band t-shirt. I remember being so jealous that you could even wear your hair like that because like my hair doesn't allow me to do that. I can't like, I could never do the bangs. (laughs) And like everyone else, everyone, all my other friends could do the bangs and they could do the whole like, what's the scene look back then? (laughs) The swoopy hair, but babe, you have to remember I spent hours with a blow dryer. Yeah, that's true. I did. I did. You worked it was, hard it to was, get it that was swoopy a hair. Suck. <laughs> I was hell bent that I was going to look like a little scene bitch, and I loved it. But my point is that my friends, I think my friends that have known me for this long, you're always going to protect me and you're always going to see my perspective because you know how I think, right? And, and and I can say something and 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 you guys will be like, oh, they should never have said that to you. <laughs> knowing who I am, knowing who I am. And, and you'll always go to bat for me in a way that I can't expect from people that don't know me. I think everyone needs that person who like will stop you from sending that text. And I've definitely oh, done 1, that. I've done, I've done that to you a few times. <laughs> Oh, so many times. You know how impulsive I am? I am stubborn. You like read it out loud to me and then you're like, it's fine, right? And I'm like, okay, but like now read it from their perspective and you're like, okay, fine. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) 
but I can't read it from their perspective. And that's why you and I mesh so well together is that like you and I are exact opposites. Like I'm out here. That's why I want to start this podcast, you guys, because, you know, whether I like it or not, I have a very traditional outlook on dating. I do. I'm dating intentionally. And that intention isn't just to get dick. Whereas Pascal's like, what is wrong with you? Why would you want that? Don't you want to travel and enjoy yourself? I'm like, why would you give up why? your freedom? Have to compromise with someone? I, Fuck that. I'm like, tie me up. Tell me I'm pretty. Feed me tacos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, tie me up. Tell me I'm pretty. I don't need the tacos. That's that's too much. It's too far. <laughs> She's like, that's, that's oh my too God. many levels of emotion to this. <laughs> Recently, Pascal was telling me about this guy that she used you know, been seeing that doesn't like ketchup, but ketchup for her. And she was like, that's a bad sign, right? <laughs> but he like, he bought something that he won't even eat, but he keeps it there because I like it. it we like, had only known each other for like two weeks. So we were, we like, had only known each other for two weeks. I stayed over his place for the first time. The next morning, he makes me breakfast, super sweet. And I asked if he had ketchup and he was like, oh, I don't. I'm like, well, that's something to add to your fridge. And the reason why I said this is because he had just moved there. So he like didn't have that many things. And I was saying like, oh, well, that's something you can add to your fridge, you know, like since you haven't built up your store in your fridge yet. In the context, it wasn't like spiteful or anything. And then he also said that he's only topping is this red hot sauce, red hot hot sauce or whatever it's called, the company. And he was getting sick of it. I was like, there you go. Like, just get ketchup. The next time I was at his place, again, like he made breakfast and he told me that he was sick of eating this hot sauce that he eats all the time. He was like, I'm sick of this hot sauce. Um, I was like, oh, well, like you got ketchup. So how about you just use the ketchup instead? He was like, oh, well, I don't like ketchup. I was like, then why did you get the ketchup? He was like, well, because you wanted it. You got it for me? Meanwhile, I'm like, oh my, and I'm going to break his little heart. I know, I know. But I just, I think it's so sweet, so kind. No, I, so it, kind. it was really sweet. And when he did, I was just, I was really caught off guard. I was like, whoa, we've only known each other like two weeks. Like, where do you think this is going? <laughs> I think that's so cute though. I mean, like, Okay, yeah, I know he's a little young, but at the same time, like, I think it's, like, really, really sweet that he thought of you, even though, and also, as an Indian woman, I think it's a green flag that he can handle spice. I don't date men <laughs> who can't handle spice, because if it goes far enough that they meet my mother, I mean, you've had mom's food. You know. Yeah, it's delicious. I just need to take it slow. I will mention Pascal is my dad's favorite friend. I had to put her dad's car through mayhem. And this guy still thinks that I'm an amazing friend. I don't understand. I literally, like, we were driving and I run out of gas. Like, and driving his car, we run out of gas because I'm an idiot and I didn't look at the freaking gas thing. And then I open the hood instead of opening the gas tank because I don't know. I didn't look at the button. And then as we're driving away, the freaking hood of this car slams into the windshield, breaks like this windshield just completely shatters. And her dad is still like, nah, she's great. She fucked up my car, but she's great. I don't understand. Okay. I will. I will tell you why. I will tell you why. 
even in middle school, I'd always tell him that whenever the lunch bell rang, you would run, not run, not walk to the front of the line to get those cookies. These cookies made they you like rich. If you had your hands on these cookies, you could trade them for anything in the lunchroom. I know. And so he was like a girl who knows what she wants. She's not afraid because he doesn't like he doesn't like beating around the bush. He's a Pisces too, you know. You both are Pisces people. <laughs> but um, not only that, he just he always loved that whenever you came over, all of a sudden, like at a certain time, he'd say, "Okay, well, it's my dinner time now." And he was like, "She knows. She knows when she wants to eat." And so even... I support such a rude bitch. No, it's within our family. It made him feel like you were the same as our family. (laughs) So whenever Pascal was going anywhere and he knew I was going, he was like, yep, good, you'll be fine. Pascal's going, right? Beyond that, he'll still make fun of that time that like the, the, the windshield broke, whatever. But he was like, you know what? Like, she's still responsible. Like, he just, he thinks that you're the fucking bee's knees. He's like, that, that's a straight shit. You know, I did, there. I did call AAA right away. Or AAA was already there. Do you remember I when th- I was calling my dad and being like, there's blood everywhere, dad. Oh my God. She's like screaming. There's blood everywhere. And she has like two little cuts that aren't even really bleeding. No, but your but, dad you knows know. you. I, I think your dad was like, okay. She's fine. <laughs> he didn't even tell my mom when she came back from India after that summer. To wrap this up, female friendships are kind of inhibiting in some ways because you have the most amazing thing in the entire world already at your fingertips. Another Rupi Gore poem, on days I couldn't move, it was women who came to water my feet until I was strong enough to stand. It was women who nourished me back to life. And the title is Sisters. I think we should talk a little bit about how we've been able to help each other through breakups because we've had we've had a couple breakups, myself included. Yeah, I think like one of the main reasons why people say that women will move on quicker than men from a breakup is just because we have a support system. And a lot of men are now growing their support systems more than they were before. And I really noticed this with a lot of my close guy friends and they like, they know that I'm always there for them if they need help with anything, like getting through anything that's going on in their lives. But with women, like we've been building these friendships since we were literally like in elementary school, middle school. There's so many things that don't even need to be said when you're helping each other out. I know that this person just needs to feel loved. So I'm going to do something right now for them that reminds them that they are still loved. I think that it's hard because I have a lot of female friends who they built their friendships later and they're just as strong. I don't want to discount that. And and that's part of how them and I became friends. For example, like one of our really good friends, Rini, is mm-hmm. someone that we met a little bit later that is just as strong of a friendship. I mean, she has less embarrassing Absolutely. stories on us, probably. You know that I'm afraid of of introducing new people to you all, right? Why? Is it because yeah. we're going to embarrass yeah. you? <laughs> Why? You know too much. Your hair is full of secrets. I know. <laughs> you know, I think that through through my breakup, through my friends' breakups, like we we're always striving to do better for each other than men could do for us. Um, I feel like what I love about those strong female friendships is like you don't need to ask for those things a lot of the time. I mean, 
obviously it is important to be able to, you know, to ask for what you need and to reach out to people that you love. But in my experience with, you know, if, if one of my friends is going through something like everyone just immediately jumps into action to just do things for them and do things that they know that they need and say things like, Hey, I'm here. If you want to talk shit about that person, like I'm just, I'm here to listen. I'm here for you to vent or like, here's this thing that I know you're going to love. It's going to make you feel better about the situation. It's going to make you feel like you have people that are supporting you. And that's something that I would, I would wish for everybody. And I know everyone can find. And unfortunately, you know, men just aren't taught to do that growing up and men aren't like, I feel like they're not encouraged to find connections like that with people. And I really see that changing though. I really see that a lot more men are looking for that kind of connection, looking for that kind of friendship, maybe more so with women right now, but you know, at least it's getting somewhere. I'm so happy we got to talk about this subject. It's near and dear to my heart. You know, friendships are so important. We want to hear from you guys too. Let us know if you have any beautiful friendship stories anything fun you want to share with us. And we would like to end our podcast today with a reading, a tarot reading, which Riva is going to be doing for you all. So this is just like a weekly reading. Take what resonates. So you all might be seeing things from a bit of a higher perspective. There's some feelings of like not really being able to celebrate or not feeling like you have things to celebrate. Always remember that just because there's nothing dramatic and exciting, that doesn't mean that you're not moving toward calmer waters. Because what comes after that is what I see as the Ace of Cups, a beginning of something creative, a beginning of something loving. So always remember that just because something isn't exciting in the moment does not necessarily mean that it's not what you need. And that's what I have for you this week. Pascal, any closing thoughts? Closing thoughts is thank you all for being on this journey with us. As we just talk about what's going on with us in our lives and how we got here, we're looking forward to sharing so much about ourselves with you all. And you know what? Sending you all love and light. We don't know who you are yet, but we hope to get to know you better. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.